have embarked on this journey together through the uh, letter of 1 Corinthians. And I had the privilege of sharing the first message with you in the letter of 1 Corinthians. And then Jim McLean, um, one of our other elders, shared the last two messages. And now we're into our fourth message in this book. And we're going to go through this whole, not book, but letter. We're going to go through this whole letter. This whole letter, this letter is really interesting. As I said in the beginning when I preached the first message, this letter is about correction. Uh, this is a church that um, coming out of a extremely worldly culture, uh, extremely pagan culture, coming in to know the living God and, um, and navigating through that. And Paul is trying to help them navigate through that. And Paul is the one that started this church, by the way. And, and when you read this letter, you can sense a little frustration coming across because he spent a significant amount of time laying down the foundation, laying down all these uh, information about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to serve the living God, who is the Lord Jesus. And once he goes away, things get a little crazy. So he has to write this letter to correct them. And so we'll be going through this letter um, through, the, through the remainder of this year, maybe going into the next year, and we're going to be embarking on 2 Corinthians as well. So the first two things that we talked about in 1 Corinthians was, uh, the first one was unity, how important it is for the church to be united. This church in Corinth was divided. They were divided over who they were going to follow, who they were going to serve, and, and they would compare and compete. And Paul is like, cut it out. That's nonsense. Please, let's be united under the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he talks about wisdom, and that's what past, uh, Jim was able to bring in the last two messages, what it means to be wise in the Lord. Well, today... Paul talks about, and we're going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 through, let me see here, yep, here we go, 13 through chapter 3, verse 9, and what Paul is talking about here is about maturing in Christ, being a mature Christian, and that's why I named this message, Grow Up. It is time to grow up, it is time to leave childish things behind and time to progress and become more like Christ and that's what Paul is instructing this church and that's what Paul is instructing us here at City Church you know I, I grew up in uh, the North Jersey area right outside New York City that's why I have this Jersey accent that you all have to bear with throughout this message and my, my parents originally came from Puerto Rico um, maybe there are people online, my family in Puerto Rico watching me right now, just want to say hi to them. My parents originally came from Puerto Rico, and a lot of my mom and dad uh, were the oldest in really big families, and a lot of the family members were in Puerto Rico. But every year, mom took us back to Puerto Rico to visit our family, to visit our grandmothers. And as years progressed, every time we got back, one of the first thing a family member says when he sees you is, wow, you have grown. And you're probably saying, yeah, well, obviously, any healthy child, any healthy person supposed to grow. And that is true. And that's what Paul is saying here to this church. You know, you as Christians 
need to start growing spiritually. You need to get off the fundamental milk of the word, as he says in, uh, in chapter 3, verse 2, and get to the solid food of the word. Leave all the childish, petty nonsense behind and grow because a healthy church, just like healthy kids, grow. I mean, we've had some kids and some infants in our midst here, and every time we see them, we see them growing and becoming, uh, you know, becoming a, a growing in stature. It's the same thing with our spiritual lives. We are supposed to be growing continuously. You know, I've had the privilege of being in ministry for 20 years. And I can tell you the truth that in my 20 years of experience in ministry, I have dealt with people in the church who have been in the church longer than me who behave like children. And there is nothing more frustrating for a pastor or for anybody is to babysit adults. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying we need to grow up. But the problem is we need to know how to grow up. We need to know what God is expecting of us. That way we are able to grow up to the standard that God is asking us to grow to. And the problem we have in the church of North America and Western civilization is that we have become biblically illiterate. I remember seeing this interview with this well-known author, author, and I don't remember his name right now, but the host of this interview asked this author, author why, has, why do you think America has become less Christian? And the author gave a really good response. He said, America has not become less Christian. America has become less biblically literate. Meaning we have, we have stopped reading our Bibles. I mean, we have come to the saving knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but we have not progressed in knowing more about him. We have stopped there and we have just come and worshipped on Sunday mornings, which is wonderful. And we have maybe said a prayer to um, when we are in trouble, which is also important. But we have not pursued a consistent, um, a consistent program, and I hate to use the word program, of studying the Bible. We have not, as parents, spent time sitting around the, the dinner table after dinner teaching our kids the word of God. We have not spent time as a family praying together. We have neglected the time as the body of Christ of praying together. We have no problems worshiping, but when you say let's have a Bible study in, in, in these areas, our numbers will decrease significantly. We have mentioned the church in Afghanistan. The church of Afghanistan was the fastest growing church in the world up to last week 
when the Taliban came in and took over Kabul. Now they are being persecuted and executed. That's right. These Christians were on fire for the Lord. These Christians desire to learn the word of God. These Christians not only spent time in worship on Sunday morning, but they gathered during the week to pray and to read the Bible and to learn and to grow, and they spent time together serving together. And as a result, they had a significant impact on their community. We here, unfortunately, in North America have been slacking in regards to that. And as a result, we have a lot of immature Christians who get upset for any silly reason and move on possibly to another church where they can sit in the chair and listen to the pastor and leave and not have any involvement or any engagement in the body of Christ, which is not what church is all about. Yes, it's wonderful to come and worship. It's great that we have music, we have technology, we have lights, we have the internet, <coughs> and we are able to broadcast, and all those things are great. But the, the most important thing for each and every one of us is to be engaged in life together. Doing life together. That is the most important thing. And what do I mean by that? Meaning we are spending time reading and studying the Bible together. We are spending time encouraging and correcting and admonishing each other together. As the Old Testament says, as iron sharpens iron, so shall one man another. We are to sharpen each other to be more like Jesus. Unfortunately, we have lost our influence in our society and our culture. We have lost the influence of our Judeo-Christian values because we don't know them, because we don't know the Old Testament teaching and principles and insight. We don't know the New Testament teaching and principles and insight, and we're not transmitting them to the next generation. And as a result, we got what we are dealing with now, which is postmodernism, which is people um, not having any absolute truth or certainties in their lives. This is terrible. And the unfortunate part about this is that a lot of these teachings and understandings have infiltrated within the church. Now, I know this sounds all doom and gloom, and I hate to be that guy this morning. But there is hope. Not all is lost. We serve an almighty God. Amen? And if we repent, and what does the word repent mean? If we turn away from doing silly stuff that we think is significant, if we turn away from wanting to satisfy ourselves and not glorify God, if we turn away from those things and turn to God and get off the bleachers and get in the game and get with the program, God will bring a revival within our personal lives, in our homes, in our church, in our community, and in the world. 
but it starts with you. And it starts in your home. So Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, grow up, church. Grow up so you can have an impact in society. So you can have an impact in your culture. And he is saying the same thing to us. Let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me, grab, let me open my Bible. First Corinthians chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 13. I'm picking up on verse 13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are yet you are not yet ready, for you were still for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strifes among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when, when one says, I follow Paul, and the other, I follow Paulus, are you not being merely humans? Verse 5. just want to make sure I'm on the right verse here. For what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom we believed, as the Lord has assigned to each. I plant Apollos waters, but God gives the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are only, for he who, verse 8, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come in your presence this morning, and I pray, Lord, that you allow me to teach your word. Lord, that you would speak to your people, and that you would penetrate the hearts and minds of your people. And as a result, Lord, they will leave here differently than what they came in. I pray for our pastor and his family. Bless him and watch over him and bring him back to us, him and Jim and Carmen and the kids, Lord, soon. We miss him. And I pray, Lord, for this church, that we here at City Church will be a church that is influential in our community, in our homes, in our jobs, and everywhere we would find ourselves. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the one thing I want to take away is that spiritual maturity is essential for our Christian walk. Spiritual maturity is essential for Christianity. 
And what Paul is saying here in this text that we just read, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 through chapter 3, verse 9, is that we need to grow spiritually. It's extremely important. And he starts by saying in verses 13 through 16 that we need to have the mind of Christ or we need to have a Christian mind, a mind of a Christian. And what does it mean to have a mind of a Christian or a Christian mind? It is someone who thinks like Jesus. What is Paul is saying, is teaching in these verses is, um, is that we need to be able to process and have a worldview, look at things the way Jesus will look at things, that we need to take the principles, <coughs> the insights, the realities that are taught in Scripture and implement them in our lives, flesh them out, and apply them to our daily living, is what Paul is saying, is what the Bible is teaching, is what these chapters are explaining to us. We need to have the mind of Christ. We need to think like Christians. But this is the problem. In order to do this, it doesn't happen by osmosis. It takes effort. And, this, and the situation that we find ourselves is that we, as Christians in North America, we are spoiled. And we don't like to put forth effort. And we don't like to sacrifice. We don't like to suffer, those things are words that we don't use in our dictionary anymore. But the truth of the matter is that in order for us, as Christ followers, as Christians, we need to apply effort. We need to sacrifice our time. We need to sacrifice our talents. We need to sacrifice our treasures. We need to suffer and die to ourselves in order to move forward and become more like Jesus in order to allow by the implementation or the engagement of the Holy Spirit to bring forth the truth of God's word in our lives. This is our spiritual act of worship. Paul tells us this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, present your bodies, Jesus said, die to yourself daily and following me, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So when we come here and we worship Jesus and we sing to Jesus and we listen to the word of God, this is really important and it's really good that we do that. But more importantly and even better is that when we allow the word of God through the enablement of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and we sacrifice and suffer our desires to glorify Jesus. Amen? Man, that'll preach. That's some rough stuff, right? Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't, don't think like an earthling. <laughs> don't think like an earthling. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by testing that by testing you may discern, discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 3. For by, the, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. 
The mind of Christ is someone who does not conform to the world's standard, who doesn't think like the person who does not know the Lord Jesus, the person who has not be re been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And why? Why Paul is telling us this? Because the way the world thinks, the way the earth thinks, it follows the program and it is influenced by Satan and by humanistic mentality. Remember when God created Adam and Eve and he gave Adam the dominion over earth and he says, man, you're in charge, this is yours, take it and control it. And by the way, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because the day you eat it, you will surely be disconnected from me meaning death. That's what death means, separation from God. You will surely die. And Adam and Eve, they both did, did disobeyed God, ate from the fruit of, tru of uh, truth and knowledge of good and evil, and as a result, Adam relinquished his authority over to Satan, and there Satan became, had the authority and is known as the prince of the world. How do you know this? Because remember in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus was tempted and Satan said to Jesus, if you worship me, I'll give you all the dominions of this earth because it was handed over to me. Who handed it over to him? But Adam himself. Therefore, the world and its standards and its way of thinking and our human way of thinking disconnected from God is not pleasing to God. It is not a way that we can connect to God. So therefore, Paul says in, in, the, in Romans chapter 3, that 12 that we just read, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Renew your mind. Someone who has a renewed mind is someone who allows the Holy Spirit to work in their life and transform the way they think in order to do the will of God and not their will, not their selfish will and desires or the will of Satan, but to do the will of God. It's someone who is humble and not prideful and is someone who is committed to the Lord Jesus. My question is, is that you here today? Have you been transformed? Are you thinking like a Christian? Do you have the mind of Christ? You have, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the capability of having the mind of Christ. But are you submitting? Are you yielding? Are you, are you, are you, um, I'm going to use the same word again, submitting to the Holy Spirit. Because that's the only way that this renewal of your mind, this mind of Christ, this regenerated mind could come about. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, if you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you allow the, well, that's when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, and he regenerates you, and he renews you, and he guides you, and he teaches you, and he shows you all the truth, the Holy Spirit reveals the will of God to you, the mind of Christ to you, and that comes by studying the Word of God, by thinking about the Word of God, which we call meditating, by learning the Word of God, by interpreting the Word of God, by having a conversation with somebody else about the Word of God. 
by yielding to the principles and the insights and the realities taught in the scripture. And as a result, you would understand and know the Lord. And the beauty thing about that is that God will reveal himself to you. Well, what is revelation? God will pull back the curtain before you and show you who he is. It's kind of like what Moses said, God, show me your glory. And God said, are you kidding me, Moses? If I show you my glory, you'll die. But I'll tell you what I do. I'll cover your eyes as I pass by and you can see my backside. Well, Jesus died for our sins. And as a result of us receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are now sinless before God. We are now can see the glory of God. And as we spend time with God, <coughs> excuse me, through studying, through praying, through teaching, God will reveal his glory to us. He'll pull that curtain back and he'll show you who he is. I don't know about you, man, but I don't think there's anything in the world that has more eternal value than that. I don't think there's anything in the world that is more powerful and awesome than seeing the glory of God. Everything that this earth has to offer pales compared to that. And that's what each and every one of us, each and every one of us here in this room and those that are online who call Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, you have the potential of seeing and knowing the glory of God. But it takes effort. Look, salvation doesn't take effort. Salvation is a gift given to you by God, by grace, by faith. That is given to you by God. You can't do nothing to earn that. But to know God and to see the glory of God and be, to be transformed by God, it requires you to sacrifice and suffer and spend time with God. Spend time not only with God, but with God's people. I know some people say, man, I don't have a problem with Jesus. I love Jesus. It's the church I have a problem with. Well, you know what? then you have a problem with Jesus because the church is the bride of Christ. Can you imagine one of you coming up to me and saying, Pastor Reuben, I really like you, but I can't stand your wife. You know what I'm going to say? Listen, you and I don't have a friendship. We and I are not friends. So that's why it is important that we spend time with each other as well. Because each and every one of us has a different gift and ability that God has given us so that we can bless each other. That is what it means to be part of the body of Christ. That is what it means to see the glory of God. And everything else that this world has to offer is rubbish, as Paul says in Philippians. Everything else is garbage. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on what is there at your fingertips. Earnestly desire with humility to know the Lord Jesus and allow him to transform your mind to think like him, to be spiritually discerned, to have spiritual discernment is what Paul says in this chapter in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which we just finished reading. Have spiritual discernment. What does that mean? Meaning understanding spiritually what the Bible is teaching. Because when you don't grow up and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your mind and mature as a Christian, when you read the Bible and you try to discern it in your human mind, you are what you're doing is you're implementing religion into your, your relationship with God. And that doesn't please him. 
That doesn't cut the mustard. That doesn't bring you closer to him. That's not what he wants. He wants you to surrender. He wants you to submit. He wants you to sacrifice. He wants you to suffer so that you can become more like him. That's how it works. I can't tell you no other way. I mean, we all go down this journey together. We all go down this road. And when it comes to these forks in the road, some of us like to take the exit. Listen, you can take the exit and circumvent the growing process in your life, and you'll have a hard time, or you'll be immature, or you'll keep stumbling in the dark, or you can just plow through and go forward with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to go forward with Jesus. Anybody here wants to go forward with Jesus? So Paul says in verse 15 here, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, therefore you can make accurate judgments about what is right and what is wrong, what is real and what is fake, what is of God and what is of man, what is eternal value and what is earthly value, and you can make the correct decisions. Because you're not operating like a mere man anymore. You're operating like a spiritual being. Mere man operates by their senses and by their intuition and by their instincts. But we have the Holy Spirit. We are spiritual beings. Therefore, we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we are regenerated and renewed. And we have a different worldview, a different perspective that has biblical and spiritual and godly wisdom. Paul says in verse 16, A re unregenerated person, an unbeliever, someone that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, do not understand spiritual things. And they might look at you like you're different or you're weird or you're foolish because of the way you look at things and the way you talk and the way you interpret things. The unregenerated man doesn't know what's right or wrong in the, in the matter of eternal truths. The natural person cannot know who God is, but you, who you call yourself a Christian, can and will and know. And therefore, you can do the will of God. And what is the will of God, you may ask? The will of God is to reflect the character of Jesus and to share the gospel of Jesus. You know, I know I've talked to people out of 20 years of ministry and some people would say, well, I share the gospel by my lifestyle. You know, people see that I behave like Jesus and I, and I act like Jesus and I'm patient and I'm loving and I'm kind. And, and that's how I share the gospel. Yeah, that, that's good. You're supposed to do that. Absolutely. But you're also supposed to tell them about Jesus as well. You're also supposed to explain to them who Jesus is and what he's done for you as well. Yes, we are to develop the character of Jesus is what Paul tells us in Philippians as well. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Let me read that for you. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Paul says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind and having the same love, being in full accordance and of one mind. 
do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each... Oh, let me go back here. Let each... Let each of you look not only of his own interests, but also the interests of others. See, Paul gives us a brief outline there of the character of Jesus. The character of Jesus in these verses, verses 1 through 4, is humility, is love, is affection, is sympathy, it's unity, it's, it's thinking like Jesus. And Paul says, just like Jesus did in, in chapter in verses 5 through 11, and I think I might have left that out of my slide, so forgive me, but I'm going to read it to you. Just like Jesus did in, verse, in, in, second, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it said, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being, form in the, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, the character of Jesus is what Paul says in these verses, humility, love, affection, sympathy, unity, and it's being like Jesus, who Jesus, being God in the flesh, humbled himself, which is known as the kenosis chapter, and became a human, humility following the example of our Lord and Savior. Paul says in chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, let me go back there real quick, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, Paul says the following regarding this. He says, let your love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in the spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality, bless those who persecute, Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with, but associate with the low. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so as far as it depends on you, live peaceably among all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, say the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, become, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And I got ahead of myself there. These are the characteristics of Jesus. These are the things we are to be implementing in our lives. This is the mind of Christ is what Paul is saying. This is what we need to 
engage in, in our Christian living. And the outline here in Romans chapter 12, what I just read is hate evil, love one another, honor one another, serve the Lord, have hope, have patience, and pray. Help those in the need. Be hospitable to each other, which is really important to be hospitable. It's really important that we be inviting each other to our homes and getting to know each other. <clears throat> Those things are extremely important. Verse 14 in, in Romans chapter 12, bless your enemies, support each other, live in harmony with each other. Don't be conceited. Don't show favoritism. Don't be a know-it-all is what Paul said. Don't be vengeful. Don't, don't, don't be vengeful, but allow the Lord to take revenge for you. Live at peace and share the gospel. This is the will of God. This is the mind of Christ. And how do you internalize these things? How do you learn all these things? By studying the word of God. By praying, the, uh, praying about, to God. By sharing life with each other. By speaking truth into each other's life. This is how you become more like Jesus. This is how you grow up. This is how you become spiritually mature. Because spiritual maturity is essential to Christianity. Second point Paul points out here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. He says, don't have the mind of a human. Have the mind of Christ don't have the mind of the human. Don't have a fleshly mind, a carnal mind, a mind that has, has not been regenerated, a mind that only thinks about earthly things and value earthly things over spiritual things. Do not have that thought process. A mind that's only motivated by selfish desires and pride. Put that to a side. Stop behaving like infants, Paul tells us. Behave like adults. Stop trying to compare. They were comparing Paul to Paulus and to the other above. Stop comparing. Stop competing. We're all in this together. We're all here to serve and glorify Jesus. Cut it out. Paul says, stop behaving like babies. That's why I can't teach you deeper things because I got to re reiterate the fundamental truths and corrections that I taught you before. You're not allowing me to go deeper with you. God wants to go deeper with you. James says, draw, draw near to God and he would draw near to you. In order for you to draw near to God, you need to start moving forward with Jesus. And Paul says, I want you to move forward. I want you to go beyond where you're at. I want you to grow up. I want you to get off the bleachers, get off the sidelines, and get in the game. Stop criticizing, stop critiquing, and get on board. So you can be a servant of God, and you can build the kingdom of God, which is the building of God. And that's the last point Paul makes out here. The mind of a servant is what you need to have. The mind of Christ is what we need to have. The mind of a servant is, not, is what we need to have. The mind of a human is something we have to leave behind. And Paul gives an illustration of, him, of, of a servant in, uh, in that chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. He says, one waters, one plants, the other one waters, but God is the one that gives the growth. Apollos, I planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one that gave the growth. What he is telling us is that we have to have the mind of a servant. 
So what am I trying to say by all this, church? In order for us, as part of the body of Christ, to know the will of God and to glorify the Lord Jesus, we need to be engaged in the Word of God. We need to be engaged in the teachings and the principles and the insights and the character of Jesus through the Word of God. And we need to do that as a community. This is not you and Jesus only. This is us and Jesus as a community. It is extremely important that we understand that because our culture um, celebrates more individualism. And there's nothing wrong with individualism in the sense that you need to be responsible for yourself. But when it comes to being a body of, being part of the body of Christ, it is done in community. It is done with you spending time with each other, with you praying with each other, with you weeping with each other, with you celebrating with each other. And you can't, you can't effectively do that through social media. You can't effectively do that through text. You can't effectively do that over the phone. Now, I'm not saying that it can't be done. All I'm saying is that it cannot be effectively done. You have to go deeper. You have to go further. And I can say all this and leave you here at the doorstep and not give you an opportunity to, be, to, to engage in that process. But we are here at City Church. We value community. We value you knowing the Bible. Listen, what kept me coming back to City Church when I came here is seeing Pastor Jim preach out of the Word of God verse by verse. He respects, he honors, and he is committed to the Word of God. And we are committed to the Word of God here at City Church. And we find out the Word of God is important to us, so much so and we know that community is important to us as well. And we know that praying with each other is important to us so much that we give you an opportunity to be part of that through our community groups. We'll be launching our community groups, which we would, as old school, we used to call them small groups, or whatever you want to call them. We'll be launching our community groups next week on the 29th of August. Now, I'm not saying that that's when all the community groups are going to meet on that day, meaning we're starting them that week. And they normally go all the way to Christmas. And sometimes they carry through Christmas and carry over to the next year, or sometimes we launch new groups come the next year. It is extremely important if you want to grow as a, as a believer in Christ, if you want to become a mature believer in Christ that you get involved. Here is uh, Jim and Brenda McLean. They're having a community group at their place. I encourage you, if you want to get involved, Get in contact with them. Their information is there. By the way, we have these cards that we printed out that are in the lobby that we're handing out to you that has all this information in it because it's extremely important to you get connected. As your connection pastor, I think it's important for you to be connected. I think it's important for you to be in community. I think it's important for you to study the Bible. I think it's important for you to know the truth of the Bible and to apply them into your life. Get involved with Jim, or Jim and Brenda. We also have a... Uh, I'm not getting anything here, guys. Can you get me the next slide? We also have a group led by our worship uh, leader, Michael, and his wife, Kayla. I believe they're meeting here at the church building. 
get connected with them. They're going to be talking about worshiping and praying. That's going to be an awesome group. I encourage you to get involved in that if that's something you want to be part of as well because that is extremely important. We also have a ladies group led by Chrissy, and this is just specifically for ladies. If you want to get involved and, and talk with another woman about your journey with the Lord Jesus, this is a, an, an important place to do that. This is where you would grow and mature as a woman. We also have a men's group led by Caleb. If you want to discuss openly our struggles as men, as we are Christian men, as we journey along this journey together here on earth until Jesus returns, this is where you need to connect with that. If you have a student, connect your student to our student ministry with Mark and Pamela. They meet here, I believe, on Wednesday nights, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Wednesday nights. Get involved with that. Connect with them. Have your kids connect with them and get involved with that. If you're a young married family, young and married family, Jim and his wife, and they'll be back in full swing, is going to be launching a group also. So for me to just talk about it and then leave you hanging will be an injustice. For our church to be talking about the importance of you growing and becoming mature in Christ and digging into the God's word and then just leave you like that and not give you an opportunity, it's, 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 it's pointless. So we talk about it, we see it in scripture, we see God wanting us to grow, and then we give you opportunities to grow because it is our responsibility as a church to give you the opportunities to grow. Now, it is your responsibility to figure out whether or not you want to grow. Now, I'm not trying to guilt you into nothing. I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is. Please engage in what it means to be a Christian grow in the body of Christ. Not only are we growing and talking about Bible studies, but as it was mentioned earlier by Kayla, we also do um, outreach in our community. We've moved our outreach, our red outreach, from Montgomery Street to our building so that we can continue to serve and minister and, 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 and meet the needs of the people down on Montgomery Street, but we also want to meet and serve and minister the needs of the people in our community here. And so we have a brown bag, brown bag giveaway called Red that meets here once a month, that does it here out of this building once a month. We need your help in that. We're also, be, we're also going to be doing prayer walks in the community, praying for the community, asking the Lord to, to allow us to penetrate the homes of these individuals that live around the church. That way we will be a community church. And that we, we love everybody who drives in. Listen, I drive in from Hardyville, South Carolina, and we encourage everybody who wants to drive in, but we also want people who are locally just around our neighborhoods as well because that is extremely important as well so that we can grow into the fullness, as Paul says in Galatians, the fullness of Jesus Christ so that we can experience the abundant life. How many of you want to experience the abundant life here? All right, come on. We got to get a little bit more excited. How many of you want to experience the fullness of life in Jesus Christ? Amen. Get involved. Spiritual maturity is essential in Christianity. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for allowing me to share your message this morning. I pray that as a result 
Um, many people, would, the people that are here would understand and realize the importance of being part of a community group and will want to be part of one, will sign up for one, will be involved in one where they can study your word, they could have fellowship with one another, they could break bread together, they could pray for one another, they can invite other people to be part of that group that will be intimidated to enter into a church building, but will be more open into going to someone's home. I pray, Lord, that we will, as a church, understand the importance of this, the significance of this, and that way we could do your will and see your glory and share your gospel. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go change your world. <laughs>